0: To get the Crime Writers on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media.
3: I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original True Crime Review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, they were the teenage survivors of a plane crash in the wilderness. 25 years later, the secrets of their survival may destroy their lives. We'll talk about the showtime thriller Yellow Jackets. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. You are also the love of my life, by the way. Yeah, should I write that
1: into the script no, so you don't forget? No, I just know
3: people will get pissed if I don't say oh, it. it's or okay. Or worried, and I know people get it worried.
1: It's okay, we won't have to have two Christmases.
3: <laughs> <laughs> also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of Dead on Deadline, Laura Bricker. Hello, Hello, Lara.
1: Good
4: evening, Rebecca.
1: Hey, Lara. Do we have an update? Who was the number one selling book at Water Street Books in Exeter, New Hampshire, for 2021?
3: Um, that was me, Lara Bricker. Congratulations! Yay! I will say, Lara Bricker, I saw that, and I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about all the books. Like, you beat like all the books. You beat like Empire of Pain. Like all the best selling books in the world. That could have been sold and been the best-selling books at Water Street Books. You beat them. That's a big deal. It was
4: freaking amazing. And like, I knew that it was doing pretty well. And I went in the other day. I was walking around. I just got a little office downtown. And it's actually right next to the bookstore. So I can go see my bookstore friends all the time. And I walked in and I looked up. I said, oh, my God. They had a display, 1 through 10. I'm like, oh. And they're like, hold on, let's get a picture. So they went and got me a ladder so I could climb up and take
0: a picture. It was, it was very
4: exciting. But huh. yeah, and I, a lot of this I attribute to our amazing Crime Writers on listeners who were ordering books from around the world. That, I mean, the bookstore was like just absolutely astounded when they were getting orders from Ontario and Australia and the UK and. California and everywhere—it was like We don't amazing. have stamps for
1: this. Mm.
4: Yeah, well, apparently, like Australia has, um, it's it's hard to get books to Australia now. So those oh. people were paying like fifty dollars to get their debt on debt. Oh law. man! Wow, well, take that, <laughs> so, thank Patrick, you. Ratton, thank hey, you. Keith. Nothing
1: against three books, but don't they? Isn't it on Kindle and stuff? Like that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't get an autograph, but yeah, you can't get a cat wait, drawing wait, on the Kindle, Kevin. Wait, I was asked once to sign a Kindle. Okay. did well, you, you don't do believe it? me? I did. Yeah. Uh, I I, I you you. was gonna
4: say I was once asked to sign a breast. Yeah, I thought you were thinking that too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> where where is where, where are you guys I've, going? With I wasn't this? thinking that at all, Kevin.
3: Yeah, I thought you were going <laughs> to yeah. well. I mean, and finally our captain of all things cynical, the author of the city trilogy, host of the Strange Arrivals podcast, and our very own Patreon, deep dive book club host, Toby Ball and the Love of My Life. Hello, Toby.
1: Hello Rebecca. Toby, did you make the top ten in Water Street book this year? I didn't I didn't make the top yeah. ten in anything.
4: Wait, when did Toby become the love of your life? Always. He's always had,
3: he always has been. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's when she stopped saying it about me, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> it's when he, it's when he signed my breast. That's when.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, (laughs) all right well we have a lot to talk about and i cannot freaking wait to talk about it so we're just gonna get going all right do it let's get it done i'm sure the plane has an emergency transmitter
2: sending out a distress signal they'll be here to rescue us by morning still maybe we should conserve some food in case they don't get here till later in the day you want to save the corn nuts
3: in 1996, an airplane carrying a high school girl's soccer team crashed in the wilderness. In the subsequent years, despite intense interest in their story, the few who returned home kept quiet about how they survived 19 months alone in the woods. I know what you want to hear, but the truth is the plane crashed. A bunch of my friends died and the rest of us starved and scavenged and prayed for 19 months till they finally found us.
0: And that's the end of the story I think
2: we both know there's a bit more to it than that
3: now an aspiring politician, a cheating housewife, a recovering drug addict, and an unstable nurse find themselves being blackmailed for their untold story. One filled with strange symbols, supernatural premonitions, tribal warfare, teenage drama, and the unanswered question of why they survived and the rest of the Yellow Jackets team did not.
2: It wants Misty, what do we do? It was Lottie, I swear to God, if you're fucking with us. I think she's like Money, sweetie, what's going on? What is it? We're like, what is it want? I'm hungry.
3: In the Showtime series Yellow Jackets, we see the women struggle with their past and through flashbacks see their teen selves navigate the dangers within and outside of their group. Melanie Linsky, Juliet Lewis, and Christina Ricci star in the feminist-powered horror mystery series everyone is talking about spoiler alert we are going to be talking about significant plot points from yellow jackets so if you want to remain spoiler free go to the estimated time code in our show notes to hear our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews and we should note we are talking about this just before the finale drops which is Hugely disappointing for me, but...
1: So we're talking about the first nine episodes Correct. we will not have seen last night's season finale. Correct.
3: We might say something real stupid here. Please forgive us if we do, but I have theories and I may share them and I may be stupid. It'd be like
1: Lottie's premonitions. Let's
3: see how we... <laughs> So, Laura Bricker, uh, I'm super hooked on this show.
4: What about you? I am addicted to this show in a way that I have not been addicted to a show in so long... And what I'm finding like kind of interesting about that is I'm addicted and it is so freaking disturbing and yet I cannot turn away. Like the first episode right out the bat, I'm like, oh, we've got cannibals here. But I'm like, oh, I can't stop watching. Who's the cannibals? Who are they eating? It just borders on being just to the edge of being so disturbing that I wouldn't watch it, but just enough disturbing and addictive and suspense that I keep watching it. It's just like the perfect combination.
1: You know, there's a lot of great stuff to talk about, but really the first two minutes, three minutes of the series are so important and they're so great because it really does set the stakes for everything that's coming. You know, we're looking for important clues like in any mystery. So we're like, okay, who's running, you know, barefoot and bloody in the snow in a nightgown and who's wearing the pink sneakers and the heart-shaped necklace and it just tells you... Without telling so much, it gives you a flavor for what is going on yeah. in the woods that you want to know how they got there. Or
3: if they got there.
1: Or if they got there. We don't even know if that
3: was a dream. Like, we don't fucking know at this point.
4: It could have been a mushroom, shroom, acid-induced psychosis.
1: It could have been. We don't know. But it's it certainly sets it up so that when later on people are like, well, what's your story? It's not tedious. Yeah. Right? There's something real there like why you wouldn't just say Some of us survived right away, and some of us, we don't know.
3: I will tell you something. There's something about this show for me, and I figured it out, like... The second episode I watched, all the actresses in this show are pretty much exactly my age. I'm 48 years old. I graduated high school in 1991. The show takes place in 1996. But most of the actresses are are either exactly my age or roughly my age. Uh, when I was growing up in the 90s, there was a lot of media about people my age. And when I was a little bit older, there was stuff looking back at the 90s. But it was always very hyper real. You know, things like clueless, things that like sort of fantasized, you know, uh, like the what was a thing with like Winona Ryder, like that sort of like very angsty, like very, reality bites. Yeah, like Heathers, yeah, Heather's yeah. everything. This is like a look at teenagers in the '90s that feels like a little bit more like the way that I remember the '90s being. Of course, it wasn't exactly right, but it's like captures my 48 year old angst through the teenage lens in a way that, as I've described to you, exactly tickles my feminist angry 48 year old 1990s teenage g-spot in a way that i do not mean in like a disgusting sexual way but like i am so fucking entertained by this show in a way that i have not been by anything like it ever
1: i'm writing down g-spot
4: i know kevin take notes
0: i used to think all the sex the drinking the I used to think I did those things because of what happened out there, what I saw, what I did. Hello, Misty, you crazy bitch. It's been a while.
3: I honestly have never felt so viscerally attached to a piece of media in like ever. And I it's from the soundtrack to the aesthetics, to the costuming, to the way the characters talk to each other to the adults looking back at their childhood and the way they sort of remember it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not realistic in any way, but it speaks to me. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Toby, you're a man. You, I don't know if you have the same feelings. That's you probably true. don't. But you <laughs> Does did... it
1: tickle your G spot? <laughs> yeah, like...
3: but, but you did write that you are entertained by the show. In what way are you entertained by this show?
5: Well, I, I think it does a lot of things right. I mean, there's two timelines going on, but within those two timelines, there's at least three sort of plots going on in each one of those timelines, all of which are taking these turns that involve relationships and, you know, unexpected veers left and right. And you're constantly wondering what's going to happen next, not just in one thing or two things, but like six things. Most of those are are pretty compelling, I thought. And, uh, you know, the characters are sort of relatable in the kind of way that you would expect them to be relatable in something like this, you know? I mean, it's not like a deep psychological dive into any of these people. And a lot of the girls, I mean, they're they're sort of types in some ways, but you get enough invested in them that you're interested in what's going to happen to them. From that standpoint of like the plotting, keeping the suspense going, you know, buying into caring about characters... All the stuff that they did for that, I think, is is really solid. It's been a long time since I like really binged something, which is surprising given this. But usually I'm like, all right, got to watch two episodes tonight. I'll watch two episodes the next night. And this last weekend, I, w- I watched probably like nine. I think I watched all nine episodes over the course of the weekend. I was totally drawn in. And I was like... There's one left, like we're seriously going to do this with one left. Um.
3: (laughs) I mean, one of the things that strikes me, Laura, and if you think about sort of the cleverness of the interweaving of storylines. So these girls are, you know, they're in this plane crash. They are in this very, very hyper vigilant, high stake situation. And I, for one, found myself just as worried that Jackie would figure out that Shauna slept with her boyfriend as I was that they would starve to death. I mean, does that not (laughs) capture the dynamics of like teen drama and tension and how when you're that age, the things that are happening to you feel as important as if you are going to die?
4: Oh, yeah. And I think that's what this does really well. It's the most unique, like cross multiple genre show that we've watched. We've got coming of age, survival, horror, mystery, family drama, teenage drama you know, you've got a little bit of the mean girls in there because you have this sort of like teenage girls in this setting where they're going to live, they're going to die, but yet they're still caught up in, you know. So we've got the sort of secret romance going on between Taisa and Van. And they're like, finally, when they can break away, you know, we've got Natalie who's having her, you know, side dalliance, which actually turns into be a much deeper relationship. And at the same time, it, it's amazing to me that we're having these like dance parties and like fake proms in the middle of the fact that they're like, we're having to eat worms today or or caterpillars or whatever we've harvested from under this like piece of moss Grubs. in the forest. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, but I think that's what makes it so bingeable is that you have all of these pieces playing off of each other in such a unique way and you have everything in this, and it's just—I just can't turn away.
5: I saw that people were talking about callbacks and stuff, and I—I I, I didn't see Lost, so I don't—that was all lost on me. But I'm, Lost was lost um, on you. Yeah, but um, the thing about like the Prom and stuff, like that's when uh, when the Endurance got stuck in Antarctica for like a year and a half, and they were in like worse straits, obviously. That was one of the ways that uh, like, kind of kept their morale together, was they put on plays and, and did these entertainments and tried to do things that were as normal as possible, and that's kind of what got them through it sanely. So, you know, at first I was like, oh my God, they're really going to do this? But that's happened, you know, that, that is a way that people have kind of gotten through these things. So I, th- I thought that was that was cool.
0: Do you ever meet someone who seems kind of off?
1: I think this would be a good time to stop and talk about some business.
3: All right, I'm going to cue that music.
1: It's the business section, everybody.
3: So, Kevin, what do we have going on on the after show today?
1: Well, on the after show, in, in light of our discussion about Yellow Jackets, we're going to be talking about our favorite female music artists from the 1990s. Why
3: just female? That seems like...
1: Well, I mean, that's sort of the musical theme of the show. Oh, okay. It's predominantly women, okay, so... Okay, so
3: feminist as fuck... Yeah. Okay, that sounds cool. Or Jewel. I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to judge what Toby
1: really liked from the 90s. That's
3: totally fine. So what else have we got going on on our Patreon right now, Kevin?
1: We also have the latest Deep Dive Book Club, and we have a new episode of Married With Podcast. Oh, finally. Find out what happens when you have friends who should get divorced, but don't.
3: Oh, gosh. We have friends like that. Do Mm -hmm. we? 100% we do.
1: Why are you looking at me like that?
3: I'm not I mean we have friends wink wink like that friends that are definitely not us, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> oh no, please, no, mom and dad, please
4: don't fight. No. no.
1: And so if you'd like I to I don't
4: learn- want two Christmases, Kevin and Rebecca.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Just pack a bag, go oh, back and forth. Wow.
1: Go back before go that's why we have a Monday and a Thursday podcast now, right? <laughs> Oh, no. Rebecca's on Monday. Kevin's on Thursday.
3: And we'll we'll stop at McDonald's to switch before we listen to the Thursday one. Oh, wow.
5: (laughs) It's brutal. And then Kevin's is really fun, and Rebecca's the one where we all have to do chores.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
6: She's got a chore wheel.
1: I'm Disneyland dad. (laughs) (laughs) And thus ends. Thus ends. The business section.
3: All right, I'm going to fade that music out now. All right. So, Kevin, as Toby mentioned, there are some callbacks in here. And one of the big ones that we've noticed for sure is lost. Yep. Um, there are a lot of nods to it from the other plane in the tree uh, to sort of the supernatural Take- takes in the forest. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are some of the other like things that you have seen alluded to besides Lost and from Lost in the series.
1: Well, just like looking at Lost for a minute there, yeah, you've got the other player. There's a lot of the same kind of character types there. You've got the reluctant leader. Oh, You've got somebody there who, you know, is working to keep them there because her situation is better. You know, in that Misty, that, Misty. <laughs> um, you know, you've got uh, you know one with like strange abilities. You've got everyone's got emotional baggage. Also, you got a bunch of the red shirts in the background that you know are gonna die. Like, don't don't get attached to these four girls. That's actually because,
3: a Star Trek reference. That Lost stole. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, but the, in Lost, it's something about
1: they were about the place that they wound up in. Yeah, was special or somehow. And then you've got all these, you know, very much you know, Lord of the Flies kind of references where, you know, instead of it being a bunch of young boys, it's teenage girls. And I don't know if, you know, Misty is Piggy or what, but, you know, she's <laughs> she's kind of, you know, the annoying one in the middle who has, you know, a lot of stuff. There's also like, it looks like at the end it becomes Clan of the Cave Bear or whatever, they're all walking around with pelts on their faces and antlers and stuff and... <laughs> By the way, I counted. There were nine of them, and then the, whoever Ooh. fell in the tiger pit, that's eight. So I don't know who else is there. It
3: looked like Lottie to me, personally. That's Lottie, it where? Me.
1: But I don't know. I think maybe Lottie's the one with the antlers. Who knows?
3: That was Misty. Well, we saw Misty take off the thing at the yeah. No, Misty. no,
1: no, not with the antlers.
3: Oh, I don't know. But we no, saw we him. see
1: Misty at the end. Yeah, so that that verifies for us that at least some of those people are from the plane because we don't know. There could be others out there, right? They, you know,
3: it could just be a dream. It could go
1: in a lot of different ways. It could
3: be a fucking dream. I, I am not even who buying lives. It. Who yeah.
4: lives in that cabin? That's. I mean, whose cabin is that? I think that person could come back.
1: Well, I think we saw him with his mummified corpse in the attic with the shotgun. Maybe there's but
4: someone else.
1: Maybe there's someone. Maybe there's someone. Else. Well, it's, it really opens up a lot of great places to go. Right. Because it does... And, and like Toby's right about how this does things well. Right. It reveals enough of the mystery to create another tantalizing question. And it doesn't give too much away.
3: But there are things that have been fake-outs so that we yeah. know things could be off and likely are off. Mm-hmm. Like, we know at this point, and I actually guessed this early on, that it was the husband blackmailing the, the other women. I guessed it because she's the only one to get a postcard. Like, that to me was like mm-hmm. a pretty obvious tell at the beginning. And it was just, to me, like... Way too obvious that all the tells he was having an affair that he probably wasn't. Uh, But uh, this is why I think that maybe, like, I believe that Jackie survives the wilderness. And I think there's plenty of tells for that, too. To me, the main one being that uh, Shauna's husband says at that breakfast with the parents, when he has that big reveal that he and Shauna were having sex as teenagers, he says.
2: Shauna and I were sleeping together when Jackie and I were still a couple
0: which is obviously, you know, a shitty uh, thing. But there it is. Because the truth is, Jackie was amazing. He
3: doesn't say we were sleeping together when Jackie was still alive. For me, that was like a big fucking tell that Jackie comes back, at least from the woods. I think a lot of things are are fake outs and a lot of things seem off. And Toby, you made the note, too, that there are a lot of things here that just seem off either means that like they're fake outs but it also could mean maybe it's just like written wrong Uh, and you pointed out a couple of those to me in your notes as well
5: yeah well I I guess I was putting off as being more like things that I thought were bad decisions yeah so like Lottie's supernatural gifts
3: I have feelings about that too I'm not I'm not I'm wondering if it's supernatural maybe it's mental health like I I'm hoping because I think it's a distraction
5: yeah I mean my take on it and what I think would be the strongest kind of route to go is that sort of taken away from society and in, if you're going to grant the woods some power or whatever, that this is kind of what drives these girls to kind of change and act the way they do. Once you start introducing something supernatural into it, it becomes something very different, I think. So that just seemed unnecessary to me in a way that Thaisa's sort of sleepwalking doesn't like that to me makes sense because it it seems like it's something that happens while she's in the woods and then is sort of like a residual of that is is brought into the real world so that to me made more sense
4: i sort of interpreted both the supernatural the one who was having visions and the other one who was seeing things i sort of interpreted that as, as the mental health breakdown of being in the woods, like that this wasn't actually supernatural and this wasn't actually visions. I mean, we had the one girl who was taking the medications very carefully in the morning. Remember she had her little maid serving her medications at breakfast and she was careful and, and when she runs out of her medications, she's obviously seeing things. And I, I sort of viewed all of that as sort of like the spiral into like this sort of mental decomp like thing that's going on. The longer they're in the wilderness, and that none of it's actually real—it's just like a mental health side effect of the situation they're in.
3: Hmm, maybe so. Given one of the most unheralded characters, I think, is Laura Lee, who meets a very sad end in a plane explosion in the woods. <laughs> All of, of sudden, think, a sudden, her teddy bear catches fire. I think, and the plane blows up. Okay, so here we have this evangelical Christian mm-hmm. uh, character who, in 1996. Uh, a very different era of evangelical teen Christianity than we have in 2021, like a less political era of evangelical sort of being, right? A very pure, hopeful, loving <laughs> character. And then she explodes in a fiery <laughs> plane <laughs> crash.
1: As foreseen.
3: I know. I just, I, there was just, there was just something so, so lovely about like her interactions with the other characters that I love. Like, tell me about some of your favorite uh, interactions here in the in the wilderness
1: between the different characters Yeah. All right, well, well I, I think that sort of the breakout star of that timeline to me anyway is uh, Young Natalie played by Sophie Thatcher. You said that,
5: that you said that I've only
0: you. been with two guys. Yeah Because I knew that if I told you about it, then you'd fucking hate me That was before I even knew you I had no idea about the whole stupid flex thing I Made a mistake
1: I'm still troubled by the fact that she is dyeing her hair blonde, but they've been there for months and she, her roots aren't showing yet. Uh, details. Rebecca tells me to just let that go. Let it go. I mean, I guess if we can believe that It hasn't that they... been months.
3: Sean is not showing it for enough for it to be months and months.
1: Oh, she's showing a little bit at the Doomsday. It's maybe
3: dance. been like 12 weeks. It's fine.
1: Oh, really? How long-
3: do like so you see inch, the roots? Oh, for it's fine.
1: All right. She
5: she might have brought stuff just to keep it spruced up. Exactly. It's, yeah. yeah. It's for the nationals, Kevin. She's gotta look her <laughs> back. <best.
1: laughs> exactly. By the way, I'd say don't don't take your eye off a van.
3: Oh my god, um, poor Van. Because we don't see her oh. in,
1: in present time. But look, she she's
3: keeps she's been uh, left to die
4: so many times. Well she's just sitting in the like uh hospital somewhere, staring at a white wall. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you think sorry, that she's just but. lucky? Or do you think it you looks think she's like, lucky? What way? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was super lucky when they, like, stitched her cheek together, Kevin. Right, okay. After the girl, the like, line on the face
1: Wait, Just let me put this out there. She was attacked by the wolves. They pull her. She's on the pyre, right? She sees something. Yeah. Right? And the way it looks a little supernaturally. I'm just wondering if maybe she has some kind of power that we don't know about. The
3: power to not die?
1: <laughs> well, look. How did you? You know, she's burned, but how did she get out of that plane? I don't know. See, it just it's happened a couple of times. Yeah. I'm just saying, keep an eye on her.
4: Huh. Keep an By eye. By the way, That's interesting. my prediction
1: is that somebody is going to show up at this class reunion in episode ten, hmm. and so it's either going to be Jackie, Jackie or Van, right? Yeah, but yeah. I'm just or
3: both, <laughs> or both. Um,
4: so, can we just talk real quick because we were talking about uh, Van with this? Like, there was a couple scenes in this that I felt like were so graphic that kind of pushed the limit in terms of something that I was comfortable watching to the point that I was like, like holding my breath. And we had the scene with Van getting her cheek stitched together. And then we have the attempt. uh, Co-hanger abortion. Yes. The co-hanger abortion. abortion. And that was probably one of the most disturbing graphic scenes I have ever seen in a show. I don't know. Did you feel like we pushed the limit a little too far, or do you feel like we pushed the limit far enough that it gave you that, holy fuck, this is this is the reality of what they were dealing with in the wilderness?
3: Lara Bricker, okay, I am a woman, and let me tell you what I think, and we're not gonna let a man mansplain this to us. I had to leave the room because it's very visceral and difficult to watch anything gynecological and related to pain on television. That being said, not only is it realistic and what would necessarily happen, I do think it's very fucking important for people to see what happens when someone does not have access to a safe and healthy abortion and they need one. And that is literally what it looks like. And I think it's very fucking important for people to see what it looks like and what will people will do. And I think that scene was not just important for plot. I think it was brave and really fucking cool that it was in the show. That being said... I had to get up off my couch and go into the kitchen and make a drink while it was on the TV. And Kevin had to yeah. tell me when it was over.
1: H- how are you with the uh, the immediate amputation?
3: I was fine with that. That was a lot oh, easier for me I'm to still watch i wondering than where, the- where did this axe come from? But <laughs> uh, Yeah, th- and that was like a nice axe, by the way. It's an, I an mean, emergency it was like a-
1: axe. <laughs>
5: yeah, Why,
3: who needs an axe
1: on an airplane? But all right. Misty
4: had skills.
1: She got skills with a Z. I want
4: to talk about the axe and the guy getting- Like, I-, I get that he was important to the plot that he was there- That guy would never be alive in episode nine. He would have had gangrene and been dead by now. The little bit of alcohol that they like-
3: Tossed on his leg, after she like chops it off, you like,
1: You'll feel better. What did she
3: take She took a babysitting course, a babysitting health and safety course, yeah, or something. She knows all yeah.
1: about. It.
4: And now, now he has like little like hop along like crutches. I'm like, how is this guy even still alive? and yeah. I mean, and he at least got to get drunk at one point. I was like, oh, okay, good for him.
3: You know,
5: <laughs> I, I don't think you're supposed to think about this too much. Oh yeah, okay. you're right. <laughs> just just let it just let it flow by.
3: Like Toby, <laughs> just, we're not we're not supposed to think about the fact that a black box is supposed to survive an airplane crash, but a teenage girl can bust it open and disable it in like two seconds. We're not supposed to think about that.
5: Just rip yeah, it open. Yeah, <laughs> she was she was trying really hard.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! <laughs> can we talk about her? By the way, sure. I yeah. think
1: she's one of the she better, got all nerd characters. strong and ripped the box apart. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: She was like the Hulk. Well, I like thought Hulk your thoughts on Misty out. and
3: her uh, her delightful parrot Caligula. So
4: you guys, I think that something is going to happen. I think that the chick that she's holding hostage, the fake reporter in the basement that's the campaign operative, is going to find a way to take Caligula hostage and that that is going to be the one thing that Misty cares about. But she did I, do
3: she that, did. though.
4: Didn't work. Oh, I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> but it might happen again. You think it was one of Lottie's premonitions? <laughs> uh, I am. Um,
4: there's going to be a, a parrot taken hostage.
1: No, but what about
4: Misty? Like, she is such a diabolical character, and she's like, to me, she's like the Kathy Bates in misery of this show. She's like a Stephen King character in the way that she's like, so sweet. And then she's like, shut the fuck up, old person. I'm going to fucking kill you. Oh, hey, you want to go to the dining room for dinner?
1: <laughs>
4: you know...
6: I think the morphine might be upsetting your tummy. Let's get this dose. Mm -hmm. Don't fuck with me.
4: I just think that that character, both as a child, but particularly in the adult character, is played so well in terms of, if you look at the world of, like, the nerd, unpopular, picked upon, uh, talked down to girl, rebels, and finally, like, This is what happened. She turns into a sociopath and starts chopping people's legs off and killing people in the old people home.
6: You know,
1: Laura, how do you feel about Misty being uh, an armchair detective?
6: If I've learned anything in the citizen detective community, the what? Citizen detective. We're like um, we're like private investigators, except for no one hired us or asked for our help. (laughs) Right. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. That was a little bit
4: like murders in the building, but this is too dark to be like only murders in the building.
3: Toby, how do you feel about Misty saving Natalie from doing that blow by going in and sniffing the Coke for her? <laughs>
5: It's the only thing she can think to do.
3: One of the greatest scenes in television I've seen in a year or so. Um, I just want to give one nod before we do our reviews. Melanie Linsky, a very prolific actress, has been in tons of stuff. Mm -hmm. Most recently, she had a supporting role in Don't Look Up, but she's been in a million things in the last few years. If you look up her IMDb, you've probably seen her in 10 gajillion things. I think she's resplendent. I love seeing her in a, a lead. First you judge me for looking the other way. And now
6: that I'm doing something about it, admittedly, not the best thing, not just a bad thing, but fucking something, okay? You're judging me even more.
3: One thing I just want to ask Toby you about real quick. I think Misty is supposed to be our sort of like over the top villain here. We literally see Shauna stab somebody to death and yet it's like restrained in a way. I think her performance is great. Do you think they're just doing too much with like violence and over the top situations in the show? Is it like too much for you or do you think it's just, you're just like you said, supposed to go with it?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when I was writing my notes for this, I was like, is this a show that we should think a lot about or is it just like react to how it's constructed and, and how entertaining it is? And I think it's the latter. So I think, you know, it's just, it's an adventure show, right? It's an adventure Mm. sort of suspense show and it kind of goes by suspense and adventure logic. And so you just got to kind of accept that and not spend a whole lot of time thinking about the consequences of, you know, different people's actions, because I don't think that's really the point. Of this, you know, I think it's I think it's mostly like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? How's this going to resolve? And that's fine. It doesn't seem to have any errors of having any kind of ethical lessons or anything. It's just like, check this shit out,
4: um, <laughs> and, it, and it does and it
5: does that really. I mean, it's really well crafted.
4: But Toby. Yeah. Did it did it kind of make you get a little bit of a hankering for a rabbit stew?
0: <laughs> no,
5: no.
1: Chili rabbit chili.
5: Not not deer stew either. After that wretched deer they
0: found Ugh. with the maggots. Tear it open from yeah. God. Head to anus and a put a it in one. the Chili.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh. do you ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or a random phone number that keeps calling you. Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today.
2: Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details.
6: There's nothing like your podcast selection. The topics and banter make for the complete driving experience. Kind of like Goodyear Auto Service. They offer full service car service. Whatever comes your way, they're ready with a lot of know-how and some friendly tips to help keep you moving. Keep the podcast flowing and your car going with Goodyear Auto Service. For all-around car care, visit GoodyearAutoService.com. All right, well, I think we should do what we do. Let's let
3: our listeners know, should they check out Yellow Jackets, the show that... Everyone certainly who has Showtime is talking about Laura Bricker. What do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Yellow Jackets?
4: This is a huge, huge thumbs up. I can't remember the last time I enjoyed watching a show so much. And also, people that I know were equally obsessed with the show. And it, it was like, everywhere you go, people are talking about it. But it's just because it's such an addictive, slightly disturbing show. And every once in a while there's something really funny. I'm not going to give it away, but the wait, there's no book club might have been like the funniest line to me (laughs) of the whole thing. So I would say, you know, if you can get past some graphic scenes, just uh, don't even pay attention to them because the show is just amazing. And now by the time this podcast comes out, you can binge it all at once. And that is totally what you should do because I totally want to know the ending and it's killing me that I don't. Toby Ball, what do you think? Thumbs
3: up or thumbs down for Yellow Jackets?
5: Yeah, I give it a thumbs up. It's been a long time since I binged something, uh, like I binged that. You know, it's it's entertainment and they, they just have it figured out, you know? I mean, there's just, there's a bunch of plot lines that are going. They're all compelling. There's always a lot kind of hanging in the air on the line that you want to see how it's going to resolve. So, it's just I don't know. I just felt myself like, oh, okay, I'll watch one more. Oh, okay, I'll watch one more. Oh, okay, I'll watch one more. And then it's two in the morning, and you're like, all right, well, I'm probably not going to watch the next
1: three and, and not sleep.
5: So, um, yeah, it's good. I, thumbs up, absolutely.
3: Kevin Flynn,
1: this is a joyful thumbs up for me. I don't joyful because this is really kind of a dark. Oh no, show, it's fun. but I'm really excited about it. Like the in the um, you know, the timeline with the adults. That's uh, good, but I'm really more drawn to the 1996 timeline. I was going to say, I'm really more drawn to the teenage girls, and I don't want that to become something that goes on.
3: <laughs> the little soundbite. The <laughs> little soundbite. <laughs> somebody... The little audiogram that we just put on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, shit.
1: Uh, but that timeline is, is really great. It's so intriguing because we start right off knowing or getting a sense of why this is so important and why the stakes are so high. And it just propels the energy through the entire series. I'm loving all the great performances in all the timelines. These uh, high school girls, they read Lost Horizon. They read Lord of the Flies. They read The Most Dangerous Game. They're putting them all together here for something that is real kick-ass and I'm loving it.
3: Yeah. Huge thumbs up for me for Yellow Jackets. It hits all of the notes for me—it hits my feminist notes, it hits my Gen X notes, it hits my like angsty growing up in the '90s flannel shirt wearing notes. I love. You referred
1: to it as a G spot earlier. It so... really—it it, it right. just—it
3: hits everything for me. I love just about everything about the show. Yeah, it's at times way too much way too silly, way too heightened. I don't care even about its flaws because, you know, you you take a show like this and you cast like Juliette Lewis and Michelle Linsky and Christina Ricci in it, women who are exactly my age playing women my age and then you have this incredible cast playing young virgins of them Ella Purnell and Sophie I believe it's Nalise, playing young Shauna the casting of these teenagers is just incredible even the shows that it's referencing Lost, like one of my favorite TV shows like of that era I don't know I love everything about this show so right now huge thumbs up for me for Yellow Jackets of course, we're doing this review right before the finale. So who knows? Maybe <laughs> they'll they land the plane. See what I did there? Uh, of course they oh, will. Oh, they land the Huge plane. Huge thumbs up for me. Please, please sign up for the free trial for Showtime if you don't have it. Watch Yellow Jackets Run, Don't Walk. Thumbs up for Yellow Jackets. Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, a little something I like to call the crime Ride of, the, of the week. A legendary hip-hop artist is planning to get into the hot dog and sausage game. Snoop Dogg is set to pull out what he'll call, you guessed it, Snoop Dogs. Mm. Snoop's lawyers have filed for a trademark for that name as it pertains to hot dogs, turkey, and vegetarian sausages. It would be the latest in the rapper's many consumer offerings. They include a cannabis company named Leafs by Snoop and a liquor brand called Indogin. Indigogin? Indigo Gin?
1: Yeah, like, Indogogin.
3: Indigo Gin, to sip on with your juice naturally. And it's not the star's first endorsement of a sausage. In 2019, (laughs) he partnered with Duncan for a breakfast sandwich made with a Beyond Meat sausage patty served with cheese between a sliced glazed donut.
1: That's some real conversation for your ass.
3: Yeah. I mean, the Beyond Meat and the glazed donut. I don't... Anyway... There's no, indication, there's no indication he is faux shizzle making these hot dogs yet. He has just filed to register the name. The D-O-double-G did the same thing for an ice cream brand, Snoop Scoops, that never happened. You can't say Snoop's not a good businessman. He's got his mind on his money and his money on his mind. So panel, Snoop Dogs seem like a natural. What is another celebrity-endorsed product that you would like to see. What do you think, Lara Bricker?
4: I mean, I'm just going to say we already have the Lala Ro leggings. So what else do we need?
3: Yeah. Yeah, Lara. Very Roe. good point. What do you think, Toby Ball? What is another celebrity endorsed product that you would like to see?
5: Iced teas, iced coffee.
3: Oh. <laughs> That's not bad. What do you think, Kevin Flynn? Uh the Oh <laughs> Kevin Flynn! No. Oh, God. Oh, no. All right, we definitely have to end it on that note. So, Lara Bricker, if folks want to reach out to you and, I don't know, uh, see if they want to buy some of your Laura Rowe leggings, how can they find you on Twitter? Uh, they can find me at Laura Bricker, and they can find those Laura Rowe leggings at Threadless Crime Writers On site. Just go just sign up for our newsletter to link to them there every week. They're very hard yeah, to find. Or on our Threadless. regular website. That's right. All right. So Toby Ball, folks want to reach out to you and congratulate you on your very clever answer to the crime of the week. How can they find you on Twitter?
5: At Toby Ball and
1: H.
3: And Kevin Flynn, if folks want to reach out to you so that you can repeat your favorite part of the storyline on uh, Yellow Jackets, how can they find you on Twitter?
1: <laughs> I'm at Kevin P. Flynn.
3: And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me at Reb Lavoie. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Crime Writers On. And I encourage you to join our incredible community in our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. We also have a regular old Facebook page. Just go there, look for the Join the Group button, and that's how you will find our group. Support the show on Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media. You'll get the Crime Writers on After Show, Married with Podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave it to Bricker Podcast, and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club Podcasts. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the astute Olivia Burdett. The executive producer of this program is Kevin Flynn. This show was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio, otherwise known as Studio C, the closet in our New Hampshire basement where we mix mushrooms and fermented berries and chase each other through the woods in a psychedelic bloodlust. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you later. later. Wait, 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 before you let Toby in. Um, Sleeves or no sleeves? for what hat or no hat we're just guessing his outfit um i'm gonna say i'm gonna say
4: sleeves because it's cold out and hat 50 50 are you talking toby yeah
1: sleeves hat no hat i'm saying hat (laughs) all right let's see bring him in
3: oh Oh, no!
4: wait 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 not the hat that i was expecting not the hat and by the way toby let us see your arms No sleeves. I won.
3: So, because I was thinking no sleeves would be like the like. I I was gonna say no sleeves hat, but I didn't want to say no sleeves because I felt like. But I I definitely knew there was gonna be a hat. We were betting on. We had a sleeves hat wager going on before you came in. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry.
6: There's nothing like your podcast selection. The topics and banter make for the complete driving experience. Kind of like Goodyear Auto Service. They offer full service car service. Whatever comes your way, they're ready with a lot of know-how and some friendly tips to help keep you moving. Keep the podcast flowing and your car going with Goodyear Auto Service. For all around car care, visit GoodyearAutoService.com.